0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. I am your host, Neil Satin, and I'm really glad to be here with you today. What do you do when you're trying to communicate about your feelings and it goes horribly wrong? This is a question that came up in the Relationship Alive Facebook community, which is free to join, by the way. And uh, I thought that, It's such an important question that it merited a little episode, all of its own, because so much about successful relationships involves being able to communicate about what you feel and to do that effectively, to be able to stay connected while you're talking about your feelings. And yet, so often we talk about how we feel and it creates uh, a defensive reaction in our partner. They get defensive, they get angry, they shut down, they fight back, they, <laughs> they retaliate. <laughs> there are all these things that are possible, and all we're trying to do is just communicate about how we feel. So today, I wanted to talk about some of the myths about communicating your feelings to another person, particularly someone who's near and dear to you, and also some... Common pitfalls that happen when you're talking about your feelings that you just might notice in yourself. Now, this is going to be an episode that's primarily geared toward you. How do you share your feelings? Uh, if if I have the the bandwidth at the end, if we if I haven't gone on too long, then I may cover what to do when you notice these pitfalls happening in your partner when they're talking about their feelings and you're getting defensive and you know exactly why because they are doing the things that we're going to be talking about today. So I will try to cover that towards the end of the episode. First, I just want to remind you that Relationship Alive is an offering for you so that you can have the best possible relationships. And it wouldn't be possible without the support of people like you. So if you're finding the show to be helpful, please consider a donation to ensure that relationship alive can continue. Just visit neilsatin.com slash support, or you can text the the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions, and you can choose whatever feels right for you. And every little bit counts. This week, I want to thank Michael, Michelle, Sabrina, Ruthanna, Holly, Jenny, Marie, Timothy, and Nikki. Thank you all so much for your generous support and in most of those cases, ongoing support of Relationship Alive. Really appreciate your help. Okay, Um, this is going to be an episode about communication and uh, you should know that I cover all these aspects of communicating in depth in my Secrets of Relationship Communication course. Uh, the course is still in beta. I have a few finishing touches that I want to put on it, but it's it's pretty good as it is. I've, I gotta say there's three and a half hours worth of material there. It's all done in bite-sized videos. So each little video will give you something valuable to work on in your communication. And by the time that you go through the whole thing, your communication will be radically transformed. This is all about the, the things that you can do to improve your communication. So it's not about changing your partner at all. It's all about how you show up to communicate in relationship and to do it effectively, to, to be understood, to stay connected. Um, you hear me mention that in every episode, the importance of staying connected no matter how challenging the thing is that you're dealing with. That's what that course is all about. Um, If you're interested in the course, you can visit neilsatin.com slash course, C-O-U-R-S-E to find out more about that. It's still at beta pricing. And at this point, we've had a few hundred people go through the course um, and it's it's going great. I've gotten great feedback and uh, that'll all be going into the final version, which you would also have access to as well. If you're listening to this episode at some point in the future, the, the the course may already be in its final version. So everything I just said may be only slightly relevant to you. Um, and if you don't want to buy a course, that's cool. Just grab my free guide um, to my top three relationship communication secrets. Uh, just visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444. Follow the instructions and you can get that guide for free uh all right all right let's dive in to the show dun, 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 dun. how to talk about your feelings without it going horribly wrong um it, this is super important because uh the name of the game in relating is being able to stay connected not just on an intellectual level with your partner but on a heart level and if you have the habit of sweeping your feelings under the rug because there's no productive way to bring them to the conversation, then that's just a recipe for disconnect down the road. Um, I've experienced that. So I want to tell you that it is much better to be able to bring your feelings to the table and have a way to chat about them that leads to connection that leads to solutions of problems. Cause let's face it, most of the time when we talk about our feelings and our partner gets defensive, uh, it's because we're communicating challenging feelings. Now, I suppose it's possible that you could be communicating something like how much you love your partner and that could somehow trigger them and make them feel defensive. Like maybe if they feel like you're saying that you love them and that now you have some big expectation of them, <laughs> uh, that's possible, right? That those kinds of conversations can happen happen a lot early in a relationship, where one person is ready to to take the "I love you" plunge before the other person is is necessarily ready. So that's that's relevant because that's a positive feeling. But most of the time, it's sharing things about feeling sad or hurt um, or scared or unsure or any number of uncomfortable feelings, angry. Um, And it's important to know how to bring that to your relationship. So first I want to cover just a few myths um, or misconceptions about how to talk about your feelings. Uh, So first I want to cover just a few ground rules. Now these aren't necessarily all the ground rules. I mean, I did a three and a half hour course on communication, so this is just gonna be an episode and I do not want it to be three and a half hours long. I want it to be simple and straightforward for you. So we're gonna cover a few of the ground rules and, and how they can go wrong. And um, this will all make sense to you in just a moment. So um, first thing is, and you've probably heard this, is that you want to use I statements. I feel blank. And some people think that as long as they're using an I statement, that they're good. And this is one of the places where we can go horribly wrong because you can use an I statement that... Um, actually is full of assumptions about another person um, or um, language that's confusing or accusatory. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this as we go. But for the purpose of talking about your feelings, let's just stick with the simple I feel. And that's the kind of I statement that we're talking about. We also want to use irrefutable truths as often as possible. An irrefutable truth is stating something that cannot be argued with. So if you tell someone, I feel sad, then they there's really nothing they can argue with unless they're gonna try and tell you that you're not sad. And some people do try to argue us out of our feelings, but generally saying something like, I feel sad, no one can argue with that. That is just the facts. However, if you say something like, um I think that uh tomorrow is going to be a really hard day for me and um so I'm hoping that you can find a way to be supportive of me. Um there's actually, I mean, there's some there's some merit to a statement like that, right? If you know something big is coming up and you need support, then like, it's great to be able to state that. But just as possible, your partner may hear it and say something like, oh, like, tomorrow's not going to be quite as bad as you think it is. Or, you know, what is it that you're so worried about, you know, and, and now you're stuck in that gray zone of how, whatever it is that you said is now being uh, refuted, it's being argued with, as opposed to just being able to keep it simple and discreet and small on a level where it just kind of is what it is. And that also makes it really easy for your partner to absorb the information. The more complex the thing is that you're trying to communicate, the more likely it is that it'll be misunderstood, misinterpreted, or that it'll be reacted to um, in Way like what I was just describing. Now, I just made that up off the top of my head. So if you sit and think about it for yourself, you can probably identify, actually, if you just listen to yourself talk over the course of a day, listen to the things that you say after the word I, and and then ask yourself like, is that is that absolutely true and irrefutable or is there room in there for someone to start poking at what I just said? And if someone else is poking at what you just said, now you have some idea why. Uh, often in when it comes to communicating, um, particularly people who are well-versed in nonviolent communication, which is a very important uh, technology when it comes to communicating effectively, uh, people talk about communicating your needs. And this is a tricky area, kind of like how feelings are a tricky area. I'm gonna talk more about that in just a minute. Um, But needs, you want to be able to drill down to what the actual need is. So if it's something like, I need you to be home at 5.30 because blah, blah, blah. um, It may be true that you want your partner to be home at 5.30. But is that what you really need? Or is there something deeper going on? Something like... um, 5.30 is when dinner is on the table, and when you're not here for dinner, I notice that I get really, really upset. Well, that's communicating a feeling, in case you didn't notice, and um, it's also talking about what you needed, but it's being a little bit more accurate about what's going on there, because it's not that you actually needed it, it's that you wanted it, and the reason that you wanted it is because it was connected to a feeling um there are six very basic human needs that i've i'm pretty sure i've spoken about on the show probably not for a while and i i actually have another free guide on my website if you just go to neilsatin.com and and click the uh single most important thing send me the guide button um you can get it um where I talk about these needs in detail, but they're like the needs for certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, growth, contribution. Those are like the six basic needs that we all need. And if they're not being met in your relationship or they're only partially being met, it's gonna cause problems. So I, I go into that in really great detail in that guide. So definitely check it out. Um, I think also you can text the word relationship to the number 33444 to grab that guide if you don't have it already. Um, Okay, so that was talking about using I statements, covering needs. A little bit, um, and and we're gonna we're gonna stick with feelings more than needs. Though, though you just saw how talking about a need often translates into talking about a feeling, and talking about the feeling is actually a lot more effective because when someone feels like you're trying to manipulate them through what you need them to do. Um, and control them, they're going to be much more likely to resist. Whereas if you just give them the truth, which is, you know, when you're not home at 530 for dinner, I get really upset. Now you might enlist their compassion. Oh, I don't, I don't really want you to be really upset. Um, you know, what, why do you get upset? Oh, I get upset because, um, you know, my, uh, Father always made dinner for my mother and she never was home on time and I just saw how sad that made him and I connect to that sadness or I'm just making something up, right? But you see the point. Like someone's gonna show up for you in a much different way than if they feel like you're trying to coerce them. Um, and feeling language can, not always, but can be um, a bit more of an effective way of enlisting someone in your nefarious schemes than telling them what you need and having it not truly be a need um okay and you know i just want to tell you that these conversations there's no fail safe with them like it's it's sometimes going to be challenging it's going to be bumpy and as with most things relationship the bumps are things that you should notice Notice when things are getting bumpy and don't let it discourage you. Just let it be a reminder. Oh yeah, like this is something we're figuring out or this was hard, like what what can we do to make this better? So you can always sort of keep an eye on the big picture of the conversation. Wow, this really isn't going well, is it? Or, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I said that thing and you heard me and you understood me. Like these are ways of transcending the conversation Uh, And being able to talk about it and hopefully influence it towards being more and more positive. So if things go a little bit off the rails, it's okay. Just use that as an opportunity to regroup and try again. And to model humility. Because maybe you could have done it better. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it can be super powerful to be able to state that to your partner. Wow, I really messed up in how I delivered that information, can I try again? Is way better than arguing about whether or not they should have gotten angry about what you said or whatever it is. So don't be discouraged. In fact, expect maybe a certain level of challengeness about this and welcome it. Welcome it with open arms. Okay, so let's dive in. I'm going to cover three main things that are important in communicating about your feelings. There are more than three, but these three will take you really far. So the first one is super simple. Actually, they're, they're all simple. Well, the first two are simple. The third one is a little bit more nuanced and tricky. So we'll, I'm going to save that, the best for last. The first one is that when it comes to communicating about your feelings or really about anything, it is important to get buy-in and willingness from your partner. Are they in a space where they want to listen to you, where they are welcoming your words about how you feel? If they are not, if you just throw your feelings at them, then you can't be too surprised if it doesn't go well because people have to be in a particular space usually to be able to receive what someone else is feeling, to be able to receive that experience and really get related to it. If you think about it for a minute, you'll probably recognize that that's true for you. That if someone just comes at you with a whole bunch of emotion about something and you're not ready for it, then that can sometimes feel like a bit of an assault. So you want to give your partner the opportunity to say yes to you and your feelings. And the way that you do that is simple. You approach your partner and you say, hey, there's something going on for me. I wanna tell you about this feeling that I'm having or these feelings that I'm having is now a good time to talk about it. And they may say yes, or they may say no, or they may say, give me a sense of what you're talking about. Cause if it's like a really big deal, like maybe now isn't the time, or they might want a sense of what you're talking about because you, you already have activated their danger, uh, awareness mechanism and they're, they're on alert. So, um, You want to simply give them the opportunity to say yes or no. So if they start like going into interrogating you about what it is that you want to talk to them about, then my suggestion for you is to have a boundary about that to say, I really just want to have this conversation. And so if we start getting into it, we're going to be getting into it. How about you just tell me if now is a good time or not? And this might take... 20 minutes might take a half an hour. I I suggest you think about that ahead of time. Like how much time do you need? What will feel good? Um so that they have a sense of the scope, you know, whereas if it's just like a 5-minute conversation, they might be like, "All right, let's do that." If they're if you're like, "Oh, this might take 45 minutes to an hour," then it might not be the best time for them, and they may want to be in a in a different frame of mind in order to have that conversation. So ask them. And if they say yes, then great. And if they say no or not right now, then for you, it is important to get a sense of when you can have the conversation. Because sometimes it makes sense to um, Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue in our episode together, we're talking about. Uh, this concept that they learned from James Carville and Mary Madeline of kicking the can down the road. Sometimes it makes sense to kick the can down the road. And yet other times you've maybe done that once too often, or something really does need to be addressed. And when something needs to be addressed, you want to give it the attention that it needs. So it's, perfectly fine for you to decide like okay we can't talk about this right now Um, in fact we can't even talk about it until the weekend or until a week from now whatever it is that being said i want you to do your best to get an actual time and day when you can have the conversation and you can tell your partner that this is all about helping you feel at ease and helping your partner helping them feel at ease so um so in other words like if you if we can agree to a day and day time then i won't hassle you about this until it's time to have the conversation and for you you'll know that the conversation is coming so you don't have to feel anxious about it or you can put off your anxiety about it until you know, just before you have the conversation. So that is important thing number one, get buy-in by asking permission to have a conversation. And if the answer is no, then set a, an appointment for when you can have the conversation so that it, it's clear that it's a priority for you. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, a pitfall that I want you to be really careful of. These are feeling statements that are not truly feeling statements. Now, a feeling statement is generally something like the word I, the word feel, and then a feeling word like sad, happy, angry, worried. Anxious, scared, whatever it is, like that's a feeling statement. Now, perhaps you have recognized this pattern in other people where they will say, I feel, and then the word that comes after feel is not a feeling statement. Instead, it's some sort of accusation. (laughs) Like, I feel that you're not really taking me seriously. Or I feel like uh, one like we're never going to figure this out. Or I feel, you get the idea, right? It's I feel, and then it's some thought or some conclusion or some story. They're not real feelings. Now, there may be feelings at the heart of things like that. Like, for instance, I feel like we're never going to get through this. Okay, there's a feeling there. As I just say those words, I feel like we're never going to get through this. What comes up for me, well the feeling is I feel scared that we may never get through this. This, whatever this is, this is painful for me. And I'm and I'm really scared about that. See the difference? Um so i'm i'm going this is one thing that you are undoubtedly going to recognize in the other person like the other person is going to do this all the time you will think that you are never doing it you probably still will do it i still sometimes do it those kind of habits of speech just slip out of us unconsciously the game is for you to recognize them when they're happening and to be able to reel yourself back in so if you do say i feel that blah blah stopping yourself and being like oh wait a minute that that actually isn't how I feel. That's just what I'm thinking. Here's how I really feel. Or here's how what I was just saying about what I think, how it relates to this feeling. Make sense? So try to keep your statements simple, as I mentioned before. I feel and then a feeling word. Now you can connect those to um, actions. So for instance, you might say, using the example that we had before, when it's 5.30 and you're not home yet, I feel sad. Again, all of these things are irrefutable truths. I'm not saying anything like when you decide to be a, a disrespectful asshole and you're not home at 5.30, right? Like, that's not what I'm saying. Or when you... um don't have the consideration of um, giving me a call and you're not home at 5.30. Like those things are, they, they contain so much other material that it would be understandable for someone to get defensive when they hear it, even if it's true. Even if that information is true, it is going to evoke defensive behavior. And the whole point of this episode is for you to be able to talk about how you feel without your partner getting defensive or reactive. So with the goal with that goal in mind, keep it simple, I feel and a feeling statement. When you action or behavior th- using language that's neutral that is simply what happened so that if some third party were standing uh, watching you behind a one-way mirror this is how they would describe what is happening a third party isn't going to say oh so and so is being totally disrespectful they would just be like i noticed that the clock uh struck 5:30 and uh the clock strike 5:30 sure there's there's like a little chime at 5:30 i noticed that the clock struck 5:30 and um the partner was still not at the dining room table. Done. Like That's that's neutral and might still make someone uncomfortable. Um, Someone might still get defensive when they are being called out for certain behavior, but at least they're not getting defensive because of your language. Um, They might be getting defensive because they recognize that um, even though they're doing their best, And like I've said many times, I believe we are all doing our best, that their best has not been good enough. And that is sometimes a hard thing to recognize. So those are our first two tips on how to talk about your feelings. The third and final one is super tricky and it is a very important nuance for you to understand about feeling words. And it kind of combines uh, talking about your feelings um, with what we were just talking about, which is making sure that it's about your feelings. But it's in the domain of feeling words. And now I'm getting a little confusing, so I'm just gonna go in and tell you what I'm talking about. But before I do, it is time for me to mention this week's sponsors. And just like those of you who are supporting the podcast without these sponsors, the show could not go on. So I'm very grateful for their support and they both have special offers for you, which I'm excited to tell you about. So let's say that, um, someone came up to you and said, I feel that you have a body odor problem. Um, obviously that is not a feeling statement. However, this first sponsor could help with that situation. Um, I believe that it's key to use uh, products that are natural but effective, especially for your deodorant to keep you smelling fresh all day. And that is one reason why I would recommend that you check out Native. Native deodorant doesn't just block odor better It's actually made better with ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Native never uses ingredients like aluminum or parabens, sulfates, talc, and with over 10 scents, including rotating seasonal varieties, Native has something for everyone. Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, I really like that one, lavender and rose. I haven't smelled that one, but it sounds good. Cucumber and mint, I have that one and I use it, and citrus and herbal. And if you've heard me talk about them before, you know that my favorite is actually the unscented variety. So don't get me wrong, I do like some of those other scents, but it's just that for me, I tend to not want to smell like anything. And even after a long day and night, native is still doing its job. It's risk-free to try, Every product comes with free shipping within the US plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. And pretty cool, they just introduced a line that has completely plastic-free packaging. And they have a goal to have all their products be plastic-free by 2023, which is so important for our environment to be switching to sustainable forms of packaging. So do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash alive or use the promo code ALIVE at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's com slash alive, or use the promo code ALIVE at checkout for 20% off your first order. Now, if you're looking for some extra support around the things that get in the way of your communication or your happiness or achieving your goals, then, one great way you can do that from the comfort of your own home or office or anywhere really is our second sponsor BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist you can chat via text with your counselor at any time and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without having to go anywhere it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available They also offer a broad range of expertise so that you can find the person most suited to helping you with your own unique situation. In fact, so many people are using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So whether it's depression, stress, anxiety, your relationship, trauma, anger, family conflicts, whatever is up for you, try out BetterHelp to help you move past the places where you are stuck. To start living a happier life today, you can try BetterHelp and get an extra 10% off your first month as a Relationship Alive listener. Just visit betterhelp.com/alive and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com/alive. And thank you BetterHelp and Native Deodorant for your support of the Relationship Alive podcast. One little interesting piece of trivia: the band that does the intro and outro music for the show, uh, the Rail Splitters. Their mandolin player uh, happens to be a really good friend of mine. We we went to college together and played music together for a long time. And he is also a licensed therapist who I believe works for BetterHelp. So um, you might just be able to get help from the dude who plays the lovely mandolin music that you hear on the show. Pretty cool, eh? All right, so let's go back to the topic of how to communicate about your feelings without things going horribly wrong. And let's talk about this last piece, which is the really tricky aspect that I wanted to be sure to tell you about. So here it is. Put simply, there are words that are feeling words that contain an accusation in them and so you might use that feeling word thinking that you're being totally clean i feel and then using that word without recognizing that the word has in it the potential to make someone defensive and reactive so i'll give you a few examples of words like that you might say, I'm feeling abandoned, or I'm feeling unloved, or I'm feeling disrespected, or I'm feeling unheard, or I'm feeling disregarded, or I'm feeling disappointed. If you think through all of these feeling words that I've used, and they are all nuanced-feeling words, you might get the picture of what I'm saying. If I tell you that I'm feeling disrespected, it's because you did something that didn't respect me. If I'm telling you I feel abandoned, it's because you abandoned me. If I'm telling you I'm feeling unloved, you're not loving me enough. If I'm telling you that I feel unheard, well, you're not listening to me. If I'm telling you I feel disregarded, then you're not considering me. And if I'm telling you that I feel disappointed, it's because you did something wrong and let me down. Now, you might not be saying those things that I just said, but those things are contained in these particular feeling words that I mentioned. And there there are probably more. These were just the few that came to me in in that moment. So pay attention to the feeling words that you choose and ask yourself, does this feeling word imply something about my partner? And if it does, here's where it gets fun. You want to piece it apart a little bit and see if you can get to the actual feeling. So for instance... Let's just take one of these. Um, disappointed. Okay, so I feel disappointed. That seems on, on the surface reasonable, but as I mentioned, it has built in this idea that your partner let you down somehow. Now, the reason that this um, can often create a reactivity in your partner is because they'll hear that and they'll say, well, wait a minute, like, I didn't know what I was supposed to do, or I did my best, or um, you know, what's what's up with you that like what I did didn't meet your expectations, et cetera. So it sets up this, um, it sets up the polarization um, just by saying that one word. So what's true about being disappointed? If I sit with the word disappointed and think about what it implies, well, it implies that I had an expectation and that my expectation wasn't met. And that because my expectation wasn't met, I am having a feeling. And that feeling, now you might be able to identify the the deeper feeling there. You might say, I had an expectation, my expectation wasn't met, and so I felt really sad. Or I felt really scared. Personally, I like to get as close as possible to those core emotions, the things that are most raw and, and less nuanced. This isn't a time to get out your thesaurus for your emotions because your partner's tired of hearing you say the word sad, so you don't wanna say sad one more time. That's not what this is about. This is about keeping it as simple as possible so that it's as digestible as possible and as actionable as possible and as a compassion evoking as possible. I think the more that you try to sprinkle in flowery language about your feelings, the more challenging it can be for someone to actually relate to you. That's just been my experience. So the way you might communicate something like disappointed might very well be something like, what I'm noticing is that I had this expectation Now, the expectation might be something that was based on an agreement that you had with your partner, or it might be something that you just assumed would be the way that it is. And so I encourage you to be honest about that. I had this expectation, and I recognize that I was not clear with you about this expectation, if that's true. Or it might be, I have this expectation because we had this agreement you told me yesterday that today you would be home at 5.30. And so I had this expectation that you were gonna be home at 5.30, like you said. Um, the expectation was not met. So that might you might say those words, or you might say, at 5.30, you weren't here. And at 5.40, you weren't here. And I didn't get a phone call from you. And I started to get worried and anxious and then you did come in and I was angry but deep down I was feeling really hurt now all of that information is encapsulated in the word disappointed but the way that I just delivered it hopefully you heard and I was just kind of speaking off the top of my head there. I tried as best I could to use language that was an irrefutable truth. That was as neutral as possible. And when I got to talking about my feelings, I took ownership of them. In fact, I try to take ownership of as much as possible so that there's as little as possible that my partner is feeling accused of. Um, You know, that's why even if I said like, and we had an agreement, you might even say something like, well, I was pretty sure that we had this agreement and maybe I missed something. Maybe I was wrong about that or maybe I I misunderstood something. So this could be just an opportunity for us to get clear. So all the words that I mentioned before have things like that. So um, if you're saying that you feel unloved, as an example, you might Instead of saying, I feel unloved, you might say, I feel lonely. And like, I could really use some loving from you. So, and then, in that instance, you're giving maybe a more accurate feeling, I'm feeling lonely, and you're also expressing that you actually want love from your partner, which typically is why we would say we feel unloved because we want love and the irony is if you say you feel unloved your partner's going to feel accused and they're not going to want to love you (laughs) whereas if you say i just feel lonely and i could really use a hug or some affection from you then if you're on fairly good terms with your partner the odds are they're going to show up for that now it may be that in that context you have bigger conversations going on about things that are going on in your relationship and that's going to make Uh, this conversation a little more complex um, around potentially any of these words. Um, It's no accident that they imply something from your partner. These are relational feeling words. They're feeling words that are only going to come up in the context of you being in relationship with another person. So do your best to identify that language before you say it or as you say it and, and then use the opportunity to take a step back and identify what is really going on there. What are the deeper feelings? What are your deeper desires? And can you speak in terms of what you feel, what your deep needs are, the core needs, and what your desires are with your partner? Uh, because it's so much easier for your partner to say yes to your feelings when you give them something that they want to say yes to. So if you tell your partner you disrespect I'm feeling disrespected, they're probably not gonna say yes to that. Because odds are they're doing their best, unless they're intentionally being disrespectful, and then you have other problems on your hands. But if you give your partner something to say yes to, like in the in the case of Feeling disrespected. All right, let's 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 unpack that a little bit. I'm feeling disrespected. So you, um, I'm just thinking this through here on the spot. You did something and when you did it, I feel like you weren't actually valuing me. Okay, so what's going on there? So I didn't feel valued. So I'm not feeling important. So, okay, so let's just give this a try. It might be something like, okay, when we went to the party and you didn't introduce me to your coworkers, you might have been inclined to say, I felt disrespected, right? But now what you're going to say is something like, when we went to the party and you didn't introduce me to your coworkers, um, I felt disconnected from you, I felt alone and isolated, I felt scared, I felt a little sad and a little worried that I wasn't gonna have a good time. And I also had a story, this is language you've probably heard me use before, I had a story in my head that maybe I wasn't important to you in that moment. that that these friends were more important to you than me. And I could be wrong. In fact, I'm pretty sure that in the grand scheme of things, I am more important to you than your friends. But in that moment when I was feeling lonely and worried and anxious, those voices in my head were saying that I wasn't important to you. And I really, I take a lot of pride in feeling like I'm your person. And so I hope that when we go into parties that like you can, um, that you'll want to be seen with me, that you'll want me to be your person. You'll want other people to know that I'm your person because that will feel really good. So I just did that off the top of my head. I probably would have thought that before having this conversation, I would sit and really think it through and I'd probably write out a bunch of possibilities. What do you think? How'd I do? Felt pretty good to me. The thing that your partner can say yes to is, well, it's not that they wanted you to feel alone and scared and, and vulnerable and, and anxious, um, but there's nothing in there that they can argue with. And um they can hear that you want to feel valued and you're taking responsibility for that. The voices in my head were telling me that I wasn't important to you. So you're not putting that on them. You're taking responsibility for your own self-talk. And then you're making this statement, which is, I really love it when I feel, when I when it's, <laughs> there I, I was about to do it, right? I feel like, and that wasn't a feeling word. I really like it when I'm your person, when you Uh, advertise to the world, when you announce to the world that I am your person, that feels really good. And I can imagine that in most circumstances, a partner hearing that would happily say yes to that, knowing how good it makes you feel for them to take that action. It's not foolproof. Your partner may want to argue with you about why they couldn't or why they didn't or you know they may say that they're not particularly feeling like they value you at this moment like all those things are possible and then well you have a deeper conversation to have right some of those things are challenging you might consider getting help from a coach or a therapist to have those conversations but this will get you there and so as much as possible when you come across those tricky feeling words that imply something relational an action or an inaction on the part of another person. See if you can distill that to something that they will be happy to say yes to. And then you are, you are much more likely for them to be able to hear you and accept your feelings and um, to actually take action, to remedy things that are making you feel uncomfortable. Make sense? now the last piece of this is is what do you do when you hear your partner saying things that you know aren't the best way to communicate about your feelings well i can tell you that one of the worst things to do is to tell your partner that they're doing it wrong and that they're communicating about their feelings incorrectly and it's also not a good idea to say well that's not how you're really feeling like let's get at what is really going on or that, that isn't a feeling statement. That's what you think about me. That's not your real feelings. So in situations like this, it can be a little dicey, but I'm gonna give you a few options. And again, this is something that I go more into in the communication course, but I'm gonna give you a few options here. The first is to accept what they're telling you to try and be a yes to it and within yourself to try and parse it apart to get at what they're really communicating to you and then to reflect that back to them so um i'm just gonna i I could do this for every single example i've listed but let's just do the um the disappointed one so let's say your partner tells you that they're i'm really disappointed you weren't you weren't home at 5.30 and I'm really disappointed. So within you, you can, you can say, okay, they're telling me that they're disappointed. So I know that there's more to it than that. I know there's something deeper. And when they say the word disappointed, that implies that they had an expectation of me. So now you might clarify with them. So I hear that you're telling me that you're disappointed. So is it, I just wanna get this straight. Did you have an expectation that I was gonna be home at 5.30? And they might say, yeah, I did. I had an expectation because X, Y, Z. Great, I just wanted to clarify that that's what you meant. Um, and then you might say, you, you, might address, you might address it head on and be like, okay, I'm hearing you that you're really disappointed. I wasn't home at 5.30 and Um, And now you can kind of guess at what else they're feeling. So I can imagine that along with being disappointed, you also felt really hurt that I wasn't home at 5.30. Well, yeah, I was, I was feeling really hurt. Or no, I wasn't feeling hurt, I was feeling angry. I was feeling more angry, okay, I got it. So you're feeling, so you're, I wasn't home and you got really angry, yeah. Yeah, but now that you mention it, I was hurt. I mean, that's why I was angry, because I got because I was hurt, because we had this agreement, et cetera. You see how this works, right? So use it as an opportunity to check in with them, but don't check in with them in a way where it sounds like you're trying to correct them. Check in with them in a way where you're simply trying to get more information. It's coming from this place of like, of help me, help me help you. Like, I want more information so that I can be a better partner to you because clearly what just happened is not good for you. I wanna show up for you. I care about you. I'm. You are important to me, right? That's what you wanna communicate. Not I'm better than you because I know how to f- communicate about feelings and you don't. You wanna communicate you are important to me. I love you. Help me understand you better so that I can show up better. Make sense? Okay. We could go on and on about this stuff for like say three and a half hours like I did in my Secrets of Relationship Communication course. Um, but this has been a lot of information here. It's We've actually been talking for almost an hour. So hopefully this has been good for you. I appreciate your being here with me uh, every week. Well, almost every week, I've been a little bit less frequent with the episodes lately, hope you don't mind. There's just a lot going on in the world. And so I wanna show up. I don't wanna just like keep churning out episodes. I wanna make sure that there's something important to say to you. Uh, So um, here I am with something that I feel is really important. And I wanna thank the people in the Relationship Alive community who are having this conversation because it inspired this episode. If you have questions that you would like me to answer, then feel free to email your question. The best thing is if you record yourself asking the question and email it to me, Uh, the address is questions at relationshipalive.com and uh, I may just use your question for an upcoming episode. And in the meantime, take care. I will see you next week with, I believe, an episode on overcoming procrastination which is a session that I did with David Burns. He did a a session with me, oh, you know, several months ago, and I've just kind of put it off releasing the episode. (laughs) Okay, hope you're doing well, and I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, take care.